coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll definitely be able to go and catch his set afterwards, and uh, he and I can sit and discuss how terrible our teams played this weekend. Except the Vikings. Yeah, so on that note, the Ollie. Vikings were really good, and the Bills didn't play that badly. They just the Vikings stepped up. Oh no, I don't want to start with that. You take Kirk Cousins out of prime time, Jets. Hell no, of a no, call. No, we don't want to start. We're not starting that. That's not what we're starting. <laughs> Why are we not? We're starting the same place we started last week, and you had a 15-minute epic monologue about how much you love the Eagles, how they're doing everything right. Now I want to hear the exact opposite this week because now, having lost. You've already given it the, we're terrible, we're useless, we're not going to win anything, we've got to sack the coach, that sort of thing. I haven't gone that far, sure, but I think that may be coming soon. Let me hear it, Ollie. Yeah, it's... Uh... It was tough. That was tough watching a Washington Commanders team control a Monday Night Football like that. That was the saddest thing. You know, this is an Eagles team that should be able to run the ball well, control things like clock, game management. That's something that we've done this season so far. And I don't know where that went. I, I have no idea. Past the, the, past the Redskins. Do you think they're looking past the commies? No. I think Jordan Davis not being in the centre of that defensive line is a massive difference. Uh, I didn't know who was missing. Yeah, he and he was missing for the Texans game as well, which is when they ran the ball very well on us too, which doesn't help matters too much. And also explains, I saw uh, Philly have gone out and picked up another D-tackle uh, this week. Who was that? Uh, Linville Joseph, former Chargers. Oh yeah, I remember him. So... They've recognised that there is a gap that needs to be filled. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily say Taylor Heineke won that game as much as he was prancing around. Maybe the refs won it for the commies. We'll try and say that. I mean, that was some. I do think that, that, that Goddard. Sorry to cut you off there. I do think that Goddard bit where he had that fumble, ruled a fumble when his face mask was getting absolutely rummaged against. It's disgusting. Rummaged against, rummaged in. That that shouldn't be the case. If you're looking at a play and trying to figure out if it's a fumble or not, fine. But is there another penalty on the play? Now, if you, there is, that should be... A, well, no, that's a face mask. That's a 15-yard penalty. Automatic first down. That changes the flow of the game completely. Yeah, I mean, the, the trouble is as well is that you can easily say the face mask caused the fumble. So if you're yeah. reviewing whether it's a fumble or not, that is part of the review of whether it's a fumble or not, surely. So I'm not necessarily saying oh, they need to go and review every single penalty on every single player or anything like that. But face masking is a player safety thing. Uh It's more of a player safety than the uh, pass interference calls that now get um, reviewed Reviewed. or potentially challenged as well. So for the refs to have missed that, not making amends for their mistake, they're putting players' safety at risk. And it's without a doubt been a reason for that ball coming out, getting dragged down by your helmet like that and, and... dragged into the dirt like that face first so it yeah yeah it it blows my mind that if you're reviewing it you can't look at it and say 
there is a direct correlation between that face mask and the fumble. Therefore, we have to go back and say it's not a fumble. It's yeah. part of the review of whether that's a fumble or not. There was a there was another guy at the at the bar who um, who was an Eagles fan who I only found out at the end. He was very quiet, much like me, for large parts of that game when you just sat there like, really? Can we just get the ball back, please? Mm-hmm. But uh, we both had, the, I said at the very end of the game, it's like, you're an Eagles fan as well then? He was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm getting my check. <laughs> game hadn't even finished. <laughs> I left with like, you know, when they started to take the knees and everything, I was like, I'm not watching the end of this because I was so annoyed about it and I was so annoyed by that call. And I mean, I was annoyed with the, Heineke one as well. I haven't seen that. I've only seen the Goddard, uh, Goddard one. Because everybody's going to say he's a QB giving himself up and taking a knee. But like Heineke's run back. He's not sliding. And he's not taking a knee like in a pocket like you see quarterbacks doing. So it's a really unusual one. And I think a defender needs to be allowed to be accounted for in that situation where Heineke kind of runs around a bit, drops back. And then kind of goes down taking a knee, but it's not kind of clear that he's giving himself up. And if it was a, you know, running back or somebody doing like that, the the hit would still be fine. And obviously quarterbacks get, there was just, there's something that doesn't look right about it. And maybe that's the Eagles bias coming in as well. So I thought it was really, it's a dumb hit to make on a QB who's giving himself up, but it's also a poor call. I still think that that was the other thing that cost the Eagles the game at the end of the day. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, but there are other question marks that need to be had about that Eagles team. Jalen Hurts well, throwing well. into double coverage again. Didn't I say, after that Steelers win, and you guys were kind of saying, oh my God, you know, AJ Brown, what a beast. He looked amazing. And I said to both of you and said, why is Jalen Hurts throwing three touchdowns to AJ Brown in double coverage? Now, Brown is great in that he can make that. And he probably should have had the one that was intercepted because it comes into his hands and then gets pulled out. But if Hurts isn't throwing into double coverage in that, we don't even have to worry and think about it. So decision-making again from Hertz in that one, maybe a level of overconfidence, you know, all the discussion of MVP talk. And to be honest, he isn't in that frame. He's not playing as well as Allen and Mahomes in that in that spot. Um, went away from the run game a lot when Miles Sanders was moving it quite nicely. And you look at the drive where Goddard fumbled and... I think it was maybe the drive before that as well. Sanders started to move the ball neatly before then things got erratic with the passing game. So I think there needs to be a a bit more conviction in what yeah. the Eagles can do on the ground. And yeah, that defensive line struggled. I mean, it struggled to get penetration. It struggled to stop the run. And if you can't stop the run, it opens up the passing game, which we saw. Washington played a very good game of football. It, it was horrible to watch. It was... It was one of those games that completely silences a home crowd. And that's exactly what happened at the end of the day. The link was just shell-shocked. There was a point where Washington had over 30 minutes of ball time and the Eagles had wow. about seven and a half. And you're like, whoa, how how are they going on these like 12, 13 play drives for six and a half, seven minutes on this yeah. defense? But look, And the bright side, although it sucks to lose a game, at least you're still, what's eight and one now, isn't it? So... It's mm-hmm. not like you're doing badly. Well, still and, in the lead in the East as well. And the whole of the NFL. And the benefit you have of having got that loss out the way... Wakey, wakey. No one's going to be... Yeah, well, that's that. But there's also no one's going to be saying to them, oh, I wonder if this is the week they're going to lose. Is this the week they're going to lose? Is this the week they're going to lose? Oh, they maybe they do like the Patriots. They went 17-0 and in um 
in 07. That's not really a good thing to me, Jazz. I'd have taken a 17-0 season. <laughs> but, then, but then would you rather take a 17-0 season and then lose at the end, or would you rather take, say, a 15-2 season and then... Um, well, I still think the Eagles lose in the end to any team that they meet in the Super Bowl from the AFC. As much okay. as I, I was on it and really enjoying the ride and the unbeaten thing... There's the the head over heart is very sensible enough to look at the Chiefs and the Bills and think those two are better football teams at the moment, playing better football without a doubt and more difficult offenses than we've faced this season so far. And I so don't you... I don't count out the the Cowboys or the Vikings in the NFC at the moment. I think the Cowboys could be one of those really annoying teams that the Eagles have had I the don't brightest want to start. Talk about the Cowboys this week. You don't want to. Nope. Okay. They lost me my bet. I'm just. I'm just worried about a bunch about of it. idiots. Bunch of idiots. Well, that's what you get for betting on the Cowboys, Jazz. You don't des- oh. you don't you don't deserve to win a bet if you're putting money Against on them. Against the lowly Packers who are struggling to put a drive together and score a touchdown. Uh, by the way, uh, this is stolen from NFL memes uh, online on Twitter, but this makes this makes sense. And I sent this to Shane and was like, "Dude, isn't this what college football is?" But the Texans beat the Jags, the Jags beat the Commanders, and the Commanders have beaten the Eagles. Therefore, the Eagles are the worst team in the NFL. In the NFL, yeah. Yeah. It's annoying. It's when, one of those things, though, isn't it? It gets put that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah look, so it, it is what it is. It, it, I don't think that you've got as much to worry about the NFC teams. I think the one to really worry about there would be the 49ers. They can get everyone back to being healthy. I think they have got the the tools to beat anyone in that conference to be honest. The more that I see if they don't pass McCaffrey it. getting getting proved into it and when Debo Samuel's back and running around and they can keep their D line healthy, they've got a lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, I, the Niners are, are a worry as well. They they're slowly sneaking up, except for the fact that if you can get them in a shootout, then they I don't do I don't yeah. think they do it. They have to be no playing football like Washington played on Monday Night Football which is game management and control yeah and if you it'll be the same thing with the Niners that we spoke about last year when it all came collapsing in on them in the NFC Championship game if you're going to have to go and win it with Jimmy Garoppolo you're not going to go and win it at the end of the day yeah still annoyed about that game against the Rams they lost oh my god if if they'd won that then they would have lost to the Bucks and the rest of my I would have the entire of the playoff predictions completely correct I would have had them all correct but whatever (laughs) they wouldn't have lost to the Bucks that was the NFC championship game Jazz. no I think they would have done I think the Bucks would have beaten um oh sorry yeah so sorry they would the Bucks would have beaten the Rams sorry but the Bucks beat the Rams the in the division. The Bucks would have beat the 49ers, and there have been Bucks and the Bengals, and the Bengals would have won. Yeah. You You're holding so, these grudges for way too... I mean, I'm all, all on board with you holding the Cowboys one. That's fine. That's livid. The worst thing about that was I had a cash out on that bet for like 250 quid. There's only like 40 pounds left that I could have... was like, oh no, I want the 40 pounds. I was convinced when it was 28-14, well, this is not a foregone conclusion, but this is just going to happen. This is great. We're going to have our first six-team win in, I think, two and a half years. Yeah. And then the Cowboys snatched defeat out the jaws of victory. It was embarrassing. And then McCarthy goes in overtime, goes on, goes at fourth and two in a kickable field goal range. If he just kicks the field goal, well, it keeps the game going. Instead of the Packers getting the ball, them just slaughtering their defense and then kicking the field goal to win. 
Speaking of overtime games, is the Bills-Vikings maybe the best game of the last, at least the last few seasons, maybe apart from the Bills-Chiefs game? Josh Allen is the most dangerous quarterback under center at the one-yard line. Uh, Half-yard line. Sorry, half-yard line if we want to get really yep. only retentive. That yep. is... I couldn't believe it because I had the Vikings plus three and a half. And so I was sitting there looking and thinking to myself, the Bills are going to somehow are going to win this by four points because the Vikings missed the extra point. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. I'm literally livid. I'm, again, it's being livid. And then watch Allen fumble it. And I was like, well, he didn't get out. It's a safety. So I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm safe now. And then you find out it was all a touchdown. You watch the replay like, oh my goodness, this is ridiculous. And then, and then, of course, it keeps then, going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it, does does the fumble and Josh Allen's interception lose him the MVP race against Mahomes? No. Really? <clears throat> I don't think so. Tell me where Mahomes, who has performed on the same level as Josh Allen, has produced something like that. Also, Josh Allen is the mm. only NFL quarterback... Uh, in, to throw well he's the NFL quarterback who's thrown the last two overtime losing interceptions in the red zone I think it was or something like that damn just saying well in that case I can't there's really still there's still some learning to be done and no QB's perfect obviously and this is not me trying to feed into the Josh Allen is garbage discussion again or anything like that but no because you hate Jalen Hurts at the minute so he's taking the ire of you or her he, he is he is. I'm turning. I'm turning inwardly on my own team rather than anything else. Yep. Yeah, that was a cracking game. It was. It was almost as. It was, actually, it was obviously more mad than the Panthers Falcons game. But at least we've had a couple of games in the recent weeks that have been absolute barnstormers. Well, Panthers Falcons was like two dodgy teams doing it, whereas this was two. Like that's a potential Super Bowl matchup. No, that's not. You don't see the Vikings getting to a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, Kirk Cousins playoffs. Primetime Prime Kirk time. Cousins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It is, though. What 6 p.m. Kirk Cousins is pretty good. 9 p.m. Kirk Cousins, not too bad. Primetime Kirk Cousins, uh-uh. Is Justin Jefferson the biggest impact player in the NFL? He had some monster catches and some monster moments in that game. The, I mean, he's, the, that, he's that fourth huge. And, yeah, that fourth and whatever it was where he takes the ball out of the DB's hands as he's trying to intercept it. It's not as good as been batting it down. It's not as good as Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch. Ooh. I think it's better. I don't. I don't. I'll and I'll tell you, you why. I'll tell you for why. Okay, okay. You tell me why first. I'll tell you my reasons why second. So Justin Jefferson's grab is unbelievable. It it smashes the granny out of that Steelers one earlier on in the year. With, without a doubt, it's the best catch of the year. One of the best catches of the decade. Probably. Did you see Cortland Studden's one as well? I haven't actually seen that, no. Uh, it's, I'll, I'll just quickly give you a little idea of what happened. He was running, breaks on the route. Russell Wilson throws a terrible ball Obviously. towards his knees. He goes to the ground. You can see how I'm grabbing it here. He kind of lifts his arm like this, grabs the ball and brings it in with one okay. end. Right. It is, and the speed he does it. Oh, is it kind of backhander type thing? Catching in the back I, of his I, hand. It's yeah. hard to really describe it. You have to go watch it. Yeah, okay. No, I, I feel you. Um, but it was that's a good one to watch. So but, anyway, carry on. So Justin Jefferson's one, though. The only reason he gets that is because of a bad play by the DB. And there's actually a lot more luck involved in Justin Jefferson's one, I think, 
compared to the athletic ability of Odell Beckham Jr.'s because the ball is there in the DB's hands and it's the DB and Jefferson that help it not hit the ground. Whereas I think if, if the DB's not there and Jefferson's making that grab and he goes to ground like he did trying to bring it in, that ball hits the ground and it's incomplete. So actually Jefferson is helped by the ineptitude of the DB to bring that in because it stops the ball from hitting the deck. And it also means, you know, he's got his hand in between the two hands of the DB and he's able to kind of just force it out, which is incredible. And I think is, I'm not taking anything away from the catch, but Odo Beckham Jr.'s is he's under enough pressure by the DB to make it difficult, but all of the athletic ability is done with enough space around him that you have to admire the lengths and the ability of his stretch and his reach and his ability to contort his body into that position to make that catch that makes it better. It's far more acrobatic and athletic, I think, than Justin Jefferson's, which is helped out and then kind of uses the DB to his advantage. I disagree. Okay, tell me for why. There you go. Uh, mostly because, for all the reasons you said there, Jefferson's catch, in my opinion, is just as athletic. Obviously, he's not contorting quite as far back with the super reach behind him, but he's having to do it upwards, and he has a player who's creating far more pressure than the DB is against Odell Beckham. If you're anything, mm-hmm. the Odell Beckham's catch, to me, looking back on it now, from a distance, and have not seen it for a while, that looks like an uncontested play to be quite honest. Of course it's not, but it looks like it is. That Jefferson play, somehow between the two players, they keep the ball off the ground and Jefferson gets to bring it back in. So I think the fact that he had to fight for it pretty much the entire way makes it far more of, again, a contested catch and I think makes it a better catch overall. If you look at it for pure athleticism and pure acrobatics, you can't beat San Antonio Holmes in the Super Bowl. Well, the toe-tap, two-handed grab. Yeah, OBJ, OBJ's is better. No, no, I'm just trying to be a, a hometown... Uh, yeah, a home, you can't... Hometown? It's yeah. really difficult home team, to, uh, home team lover, to even take that stance when it's so easily just bat-awayable. Much like the ball that Justin Jefferson brought in should have been. Just bat it away. Just bat it away. Yeah, it DBs need to learn that Fourth down, well. bat down. I mean, the trouble is, though, we've learned... I, I would say we've learned. You've learned in your time that fourth down, bat downs aren't a great idea because, of course, Dave did that once, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it can go sometimes wrong. Sometimes it can go wrong. <laughs> can go criminally wrong. Didn't it go Dave... wrong in another another game um, a year or two ago? I think it was a Hail Mary and the, the DB bats it down and the defensive yeah, Jags player catches Bears, it. I think it was. That's it? it. Something like that. Something like yeah. that. And I yeah. think it was, yeah, it was the Jags won it with a bat down that was batted out of the end zone by the DB. And there's a receiver just sat underneath. He's like, thank you. And then you yep. <laughs> Yeah. Walks two yards in. So yeah. there are there are times when batting down is not so good, but that's a situation where going for the pick just didn't make sense. It's the best game of the year that Vikings Bills game so far. Yeah, it to, it's been to good the point that, had that. that that there were people not taking their seats, and the game had already kicked off for the Rams Cardinals, which was terrible. Uh, but people were not taking their seats and instead hanging back watching the TVs to watch the end of the Bills Vikings game instead of watching the game that was playing out right in front of them which I thought was awesome. The right call as well. Yeah, yeah, very much. Without Wait, question. The right do you not think Colt McCoy against John Wolford was uh, was not a battle for the ages? No, not so much for me. So if you're an Arsenal fan, I'm not saying you are, Jazz, but I'm saying if you are Good, an Arsenal don't, fan don't, listening. Don't you tar me with that brush. Well, no, they are top of the league going in at Christmas. And they'll keep cooing about it as well. But They'll have a horrible awakening soon. Just if you're wait. an Arsenal fan... 
you should be a Rams fan. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like the Cronky thing, both the ownership of Arsenal and the fact that he's put so much money into the Rams and less of that money has gone into Arsenal Football Club. You build a $7 billion stadium, you know. But you should be a Rams fan if you're an Arsenal fan. Why? Because there's a lot of talk, there's a lot of chat, there's a lot of living off former glories, but no actual production this season now. <laughs> They've got a beautiful brand new stadium that's pretty silent for a lot of the time. It's quite a lot of away supporters making more noise in it. They don't fill it out unless it's a big game. And they leave really, really early. Like seven and a oh, half really? minutes to go in the fourth quarter and people were like, nah, we're out, we're done. Well, that game was pretty much done at that point anyway, wasn't it? Really? It, it kind of was, but at the same time, you know in American football, like weird things do happen. Not with John Wolford at QB. Yeah, yeah. No Cooper Cup. Yeah, which is... A not very good running game. Really bad that Cup's Aaron Donald IR. wasn't playing either, I don't think. No, Donald was playing. Was he? Oh, it's just he... I didn't notice him. No, not at all. Um, no, there is so little pop. You know when we were chatting with Hannah Wilkes at the beginning of the year about it all? I wasn't we here, like, but yes. And we were like, on the podcast, we were kind of thinking, yo, Rams could do it again, you know? Like Alan Robinson replacing that OBJ, like this is this is a team with enough. Pop. They they need that second D lineman like a Von Miller was last and year, and they need some offensive linemen. Jalen Ramsey's all talk now. I yeah, think I mean I think I the buzz around Jalen Ramsey has, has gone. Ramsey was looking at like a could have been a Revis Island type guy. Darrell Revis did it for a long, long period of time. I don't think. Ramsey has had the same length of time of being a lockdown one-on-one corner as Darrell Reeves. Came into the league in 2017, so yeah, but I don't. Has he? Has he? Been, has he been that good? I'd say so. I'd say he has been. I'd say that if you're saying that he's I'd not look been at, as good as he should be, I think it also comes down to the pass rush. You look at well, the teams he's played, has been a part of the Jags team, which was almost historic defense that year, mm-hmm. with just pass rushes coming out of everywhere. So it was helped by pressure on the quarterback, forcing mistakes. Then you had Aaron Donald and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd. That was helping that too. And like I said before, Leonard Floyd really isn't all that good because he's had all the help in the world and he has never really produced until he's had the second player with Aaron Donald. So he's the third man. Well, where's Bobby Wagner this year as well? Well, he got a sack. Could be down to up. that. Could be down to scheme. So maybe scheming wise, he doesn't is not the best fit. Uh, or it could just be that the reason why the Seahawks got rid of him, they saw the decline coming, and they thought, well, actually, let's just get rid of him before we pay him more money to stink up the place. So I I was sat next to at one point in the press room uh, during the game. I nipped up to grab a cup of coffee because I was massively jet lagged and stuff was kicking in. Just like yeah, uh, and I was sat at this. Stuff was kicking in. Sounds a bit illicit. Yeah, no, there was nothing illicit going on. It's just because, you know, you're like up and down with the energy. I mean, we discussed yeah. it with the the Giants practice, you know, nothing's really happening, but you're still kind of buzzing and yes. all over the place with adrenaline hits and stuff. So I went up to get a cup of coffee at the start of the second half, watch a bit of the game. And I, I sat next to who I later realized at the end of the game when I decided to have a quick check. Oh, it's just a Hall of Fame player. Didn't realize at all. Who was that? <laughs> Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater. Never heard of him. Former Rams. His son is apparently at the at the Patriots at the moment as well. But yeah, we just got chat. I mean, I'd I'd never heard of Jackie Slater either. Malcolm too. Slater. What's that? Is Malcolm Slater his son? Uh, I think so. Yeah. 
The special teams guy. Yeah. Huh. Cool. But uh, yeah, we were having we were having a chat, and uh, Matthew Slater. There you go. I knew his name. Um, Yeah, we were having a chat, and he said, "You know what happened with Bobby Wagner this year?" I was like, "Tell me, tell me, Jackie, tell me." Uh, He said, "You give a guy fifty million dollars, he ain't gonna be hitting and going as hard as he would if you hadn't given him fifty million dollars." Just like that is. That's kind of true. Fair, I mean, it's yeah, something yeah. we've we've all said uh, quite a lot over the years. Of once you pay the guys, the effort level does sometimes drop off. Look at Albert Hainsworth. That's the best example of ever has ever been. I think. Yeah, of getting paid and nothing happening. Monster year, franchise tag year, hundred million dollar contract. I think it was the first defensive player to get a hundred million dollar contract. Oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just fat and happy now. Oh, dear. I, don't I mean, care. I've been paid. There's a play in that Washington Eagles Michael Vick game where Albert Hainsworth hits the deck and they highlight it because they keep a camera on him and he gets pancaked early on in the play and Vick's still running around and just making a few things happen and Hainsworth's still lying on the ground just like looking up like please let this play just be over so I can have an excuse to get up and not run again. <laughs> and Jaworski and Gruden kind of go in on him on the coverage of like you're giving this guy how much money and you gotta you gotta get some get some fight out of him you know um, well that's just yeah. do, you do, do do diligence though isn't it but also you Due can't diligence. really count for that yeah you can't count for a player getting paid as heavily as he did and then not putting effort in because no. you have to assume that they've got the internal motivation the intrinsic motivation sorry to make sure that they want to perform so they don't look like an idiot if they're all extrinsically motivated by money well as soon as they get paid why would they bother mm. it yeah. is a difficult thing to try and quantify or have any idea if that's coming or not but again that's why we get into when we discuss things like the draft and the scouting and everything we all I'll always say it's crapshoot because you never know how any of this is going to impact on an individual. You, there's no way to process like and psychoanalyze somebody in that way. But yeah, it's just interesting how even like some people in LA and who probably know the game a lot better than than we do are like, mm-hmm. yeah, you've paid somebody. And also that kind of speaks to the idea of that sort of attitude holds back players, doesn't it? for getting paid big money later on down the line for the rest of the NFL. Because owners will look at it and be like, well, if I give you the money, am I going to see the same return on investment as if I gave you 30% less? We've seen that with the running backs, haven't we? Mm. Todd yeah. Gurley, massive contract, done. David Don- David Johnson, massive contract. In fairness, that's Just that's now injuries. recently signed back with the Texans, I think. Texans? That's injuries as well, though, coming into play with people like Gurley. It's True, not but that's level. still that comes yeah, yeah. with any NFL player. If you could have a defensive lineman that breaks his um, femur, a random injury that could break, and say it never heals well enough for him to be able to fully hit someone again, mm. or you have someone who has a concussion that's so bad they can't come back and play, like um, the Patriots wide receiver they had for a while that was their first round pick in like 2016. That was Malcolm something. Played in the Super Bowl loss to the Eagles. Oh, I can't remember his second name now. But he was touted to be their next kind of receiver to t- try and be- pair with Edelman and make that all work. And then I think he had so many concussions he had to retire. Look at Brandon Cooks. He's got to be one hit away from the end. Mm. So if you pay any player, there's a risk of injury finishing their career at any point in any play, even on the trading field. 
hit the wrong time, wrong place by the wrong person. Like Joe Theismann with the what happened to his leg with Lawrence Taylor. Are you thinking of Unkeel Harry? No, I'm not thinking of him. Okay, let's find Malcolm Mitchell. There you go. There we go. Yeah, Malcolm Mitchell. I told you. Yeah, definitely not a first round pick though. This might be a second round pick. Fourth. Was he? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a first round pick. Excuse me. Yeah, I was trying to think of like Eagle uh, of Patriots because they tend not to take picks in the first round a lot of the time anyway. Well, they didn't certainly at that time because their pick was Well, they were always like 31st valuable. or 32nd, weren't they? Yeah, so you might as well trade it for someone who's desperate to have a first round pick and get a couple of seconds or a second and a third for it or whatever. Anyway, um, but yeah, Rams-Cardinals wasn't spectacular. Cardinals locker room as well. Miserable as sin after a victory. So weird. Was Kyler Murray just wanted to get off and play Warzone? Kyler Murray was cool. Oh. Yeah. Annoyingly so. Oh, that's a little bit of a, a smirk there, Ollie. You don't like that, do you? I, yeah. You're not I, a fan? <laughs> eating my words with that one. Because he was sat in the locker room. Obviously, he'd gone out and he'd thrown a few balls around on the he field and everything like that. Moving, yeah, yeah kind of was around the place and stuff. And... um and then after the game, he was sat in the locker room. He was already changed, normal street clothes, ready to go. And yeah, he's just sat there. And obviously nobody's bothering him or anything like that because he's not played. And I kind of, I wanted to ask him, you know, Kyler, is it just your experience of watching a, a, a game like that as opposed to playing it and everything? And I went over to him and was like, Kyler, is it cool to have a chat? He was like, man, I'm happy to do it. Um, I just got to check with the, the media guys. And immediately in Arizona, PR team guy comes across like no no he's not talking at all oh. I was like oh okay and Kyler kind of looked up and was like yeah sorry man like apologies which I I was like look for you to a have given me like a brief few seconds of hey let me f- check with the media guys if I can is way better than some athletes do and maybe I'm looking at it and comparing it still to like English footballers that do the, no, I'm not talking, not talking, or they just don't even look at you, don't make eye contact or anything like that. And then and then for him to kind of say, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'd chat, but they're saying I can't. You know, I understand where he's coming well, from. Well, is that the end of your interaction? Yeah, but he was friendly and good about That's it. That's how you're basing your, he was really cool. Yeah, he was cool about it. Wow, you got a low bar for this boy, don't you? Dude, you there is a low oh. bar for athletes in general in these moments, Jazz. It's a real low bar. JJ oh, wow, Watt, okay. miserable as sin. Really? Never seen somebody so grumpy after a victory. Oh. I mean, well, I understand, I understand complaining that... about the refs and and also not that touchdown that was a touchdown that was blown dead, which had never been blown dead. Yeah, ridiculous. Those refs more, are idiots. More terrible officiating in the NFL. That needs to be looked at for sure. But, yes, it does. Like you just won against divisional yeah. rival. You've got a huge stretch coming up here for your season in terms of they've got a divisional game this week. Uh, they've got the Chargers coming up, I think, as well, maybe. I can't remember. They've got they've got a tough run in um, before their bye week. They've got a big three games, basically. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, you should be happy. You got off Did you talk to side. him? Yeah, yeah. JJ Watt spoke to him briefly, but... Yeah, he was really grumpy, real short answers, which was a shame. Um, I'm sure he didn't give you the Justin Tuck line, at least. No, he didn't give me that. He actually spoke. Uh, AJ Green I spoke to. He was really cool, uh, but there was a technical issue with the uh, recording. 
so the sound didn't actually come through which was quite annoying so i've got this Wonderful. beautiful chat with aj green talking about his little toe touch grab in the back of the end zone for the touchdown and everything and then yeah nothing um and the, the only person that was actually quite fun to chat to was uh kelvin beecham of the offensive line okay who i just asked a couple of bits about obviously the day james connor had a good day as well um getting two touchdowns yeah, in on the ground so glad i didn't start him in my fantasy team yeah good job there jazz if i put him in a uh, lamb in i'd be currently in the lead out of the three of us but beecham i didn't and now i'm too far behind anyway carry on but beecham yeah didn't he didn't say much I, it was just weird it was really weird how glum they were to get a win against a divisional rival on the road disappointed what about in going Arizona. to the rams locker room i didn't go there no. Don't go to lose. Don't go to losers' locker rooms. That's worse. <laughs> That's one thing I've learned very quickly in the NFL. If unless there's two of you doing like reporting and stuff, don't go to the losing locker room. You'll get way less out of them. Except what for the Saints. Mean, there's two of you. Well, if there's, for instance, at the London Games, Will from Talksport went to the Vikings locker room after the double doink victory, and I went to the Saints locker room. But, oh right, okay. But uh, for the jags game it was just me going down to the locker room so i only went to the denver locker room because they won people will be happy but yeah so that was my little trip to sofi on sunday Uh um and is josh mcdaniel's gonna get fired it's not looking good is it and like we're saying were you still here yes last week when we're talking about that with shane i don't know you guys i listened to you guys talking to shane why did Dave have to bring up child baby juice drinking or baby blood drinking? Talking about Tom Cruise, weren't we? Yeah. Got real, got into a couple of conspiracy theories. Uh, I, I listened fun. back and I was like, Shane's not buying some of this. <laughs> Shane was right there with us. <laughs> it didn't sound it. <laughs> it looked like it. He um, was the one. Yeah. Anyway, so we were talking to him but last week. I, I enjoyed the perfect form sprinting of Tom Cruise, actually. That was quite fun. That's how we talked about that stuff anyway. So uh, with Josh McDaniels, like I said last week, he's not really covering himself in glory as a head coach because he's got arguably the best offensive weapons he's had in his career because I don't think he was the offensive coordinator in 07 when they had Welker and Moss and mm. and co. And Derek Carr, you can argue whether or not he's a elite caliber NFL quarterback, a good one, a mediocre one, or a subpar one where would you stand on that I'd say he's good good better than good, average good. so I'd say I wouldn't say good good but I'd say if, if you're getting based on if 16 is the average I'd say he's in the top 12 maybe top at least in the top half okay I'd say I'd say the 16 teams in the league would probably take him as a QB Roughly. And I'm not going to do the math on it. That's just my take on it. But he didn't do very well at the Broncos. Ruined his relationship with the Colts by walking out on the job before he even started it. And he's not done very well here. I think this is his last rodeo go at being a head coach. And why I think this really sums up, and we find again with the Belichick coaching tree, like you said plenty of times, is that you've got coaches who are very good coordinators or positional coaches that doesn't translate to a head coach because there's so much more to have to do. Mm. And it doesn't seem like he has the nous 
that or the ability to motivate or perhaps just the players aren't playing well for enough him. for him yeah and that's that's a hard thing to try and figure out now of course the NFL unfortunately is a as Shane said last week not for long league but if you gave him another year or two you might see some improvement if Renfro and Waller and Adams were healthy and fit the entire way through because there hasn't been many games all three of them on the field no that doesn't, doesn't help him doesn't account for things like putting up a duck against uh, the Saints, oh, no. for instance. I'm not saying like it does. There, I'm there not are, saying the defense has been good enough. There are way more holes in this Raiders team than that are down to things like play calling as well. To a point, but also if you look, like we said before as well, in terms of their last six first round picks, whatever it is, Josh Jacobs and someone else are the only two players left on the team and they're on their fifth year options or declined fifth year options or something along those lines. Yeah, because they got rid of John Abraham the other week, which is weird. They did. So they've been getting rid of a lot of players who were brought in by Mayo and Gruden, which means that they don't think they've got players that fit their schemes. So you so think there the needs case, to be a patience with the Raiders? It's a rebuild, isn't it? It's been a rebuild for years. Well, it's been a rebuild since Gruden came in because that was the whole point of giving him the 10-year deal was to rebuild. I mean, it's been a rebuild since Derek Carr broke his leg in 2016. Yeah. And was a rebuild before that as well. Nailed on MVP, Derek Carr. God, what is it about being a nailed on MVP and then getting injured? And then you're suddenly terrible. Are we talking about just Derek Carr and Carson Wentz here? Yeah, basically. I can't think of... No, it's fine. We don't need two. We only need two. You've got a source and then you double stamp your source. It's fine. Okay. Double stamp the source? Yeah. As in like source, as in a source of food or a source as in source of... No, like you're into... You know, you get your information from, yeah. Oh, okay. I wasn't. Sure. I just wasn't sure where you're going with that. No, no. It's like you're a journalist. You get it from your source, then you get it confirmed oh, okay. from another source. So you double stamp your source. Yes. And no, then you I get, yeah, yeah. yeah. I God, Jazz, you're a food. journalist. You've been. You know, you, you're inside. The, you're inside behind the scenes of the NFL. It's fun to be behind the curtain sometimes. Good food at the Rams, by the way. What did you have? Well, they had an array of sandwiches, which I know you're a big fan of. So they what had. What were like, the sandwiches? Well, like a buffalo chicken, or they had a turkey cheese and ham. Okay. They these are all cold, like prepackaged ones, but pretty Did good. The buffalo uh, chicken have uh, pickles or and stuff on it. Uh, there was pickle in it, in the wrap. Okay. Uh, there was a like ham and mustard, genericy type thing, and a couple of vegetarian ones for people like that, whatever. And then for people like that. <laughs> yeah, for people like that, vegetarians. People maybe say people who like that. Let's go with that. No, people like that. It feels less uh judgmental. Less derogatory. Yes. Yeah, well I'm I am derogatory and judgmental of vegetarians slightly, so Well, fair enough. Uh then they had a sausages in gravy with biscuits, which you could have. It's like the creamy gravy, like the American creamy gravy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh and the sausages were really like um Pepper. slow cooked. Yeah. So it was like really good meat, soft, chewy, delicious. Um, then they had a pulled beef in home fries. So it's like fries yeah. and stringy beef and that was pretty good. They had a really nice, uh, kale and apricot and cranberry side salad, which was really good. 
they had a potato I'm not salad. I'm a fan of kale myself. Which I didn't have. No, this was a good kale. It had a nice dress of vinaigrette on it as well. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was just some good food there, Jazz. And then you have, they have boxes. You know, like when you go to the cinema in the US, they have like the cardboard boxes of Reese's Pieces or Sour Patch mm-hmm. Kids and stuff like that. They had a whole array of those, which was great. So you could, I took a box of Sour Patch Kids home with me for the evening to sit on my. How big are the boxes? Like movie theater size boxes. Oh, okay. I, th- I had a vision like a proper full-on massive box. Like no, Costco no, no, no. Not, not El Gigante, no. Um, and they had... <laughs> I can't remember what the desserts were now. They had a couple of sweet options, which I didn't have because I'm not a massive sweets fan anyway. But yeah. There you are with your Sour Patch Kids. Not much of a fan of sweets. Well, like that kind of sweet once I get home. But if I'm having... I'd have, rather have starter and a main than main and dessert. Yeah, I know. The real answer is you have all three. <laughs> Touché. Touche, Jazz. Why would you deprive yourself of a course of the food? What if I'm full after two? It's American portions, Jazz. There's always space for dessert. (laughs) Okay. It's called the dessert belly. Okay. Uh, They also had a cheesy scrambled eggs and red pepper thing going on because it was like breakfasty time. Okay. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like it really fits in with the rest of them. No, no. I think the beef home fries and the eggs was like a breakfasty time thing. And then, yeah, like the sausages and gravy and other stuff was more of the lunchy. yeah um but no it was good uh and yeah josh mcdaniels will be fired before the season's out and it's nice oh, okay and that's it's nice that jeff saturday nailed on, do you? yeah i think so the the underperforming level of compared to the expectation of this year i think means that mcdaniels won't see out the season do you think hackett makes this end of the season I'd say there's probably more expectations on him than there was on McDaniels. I think Hackett will get another year with Wilson because it's Wilson's first year. That sounds like folly to me. I, I think I think it is too, but I think that's the excuse that can be used. Yeah. Whereas. Yeah. McDaniels should McDaniels be more is of a ready head coach because he's had so many years. Under well, and Bill, it's the hey, we got work. you. We went out and got you the star player receiver, who yeah. knows the quarterback that you apparently are working with and everything. So, yeah, I think that's why. Yeah, I do think also one of the things we spoke about before the start of the year about Chandler Jones is how much of an impact he was going to make, and it just hasn't been no nothing. The impact, yeah, which is so I'm guessing hindering Max Crosby's production. It is, and also it's really hindering the Raiders' ability to hang on to a league because the defense is it's basically a sponge. You just just porous. But it was it was quite fun. How uh, this for Colts fans must be quite nice that Jeff Saturday, the coach with no experience, <laughs> everybody ridiculing it, steps in, and then um, yeah, then it's against Josh McDaniels. Yeah. Who, of course, took that job and then decided he didn't want it. Gave a middle finger up to the Indianapolis Colts with that. And then they go and get a head coach who's got no coaching experience whatsoever and beat McDaniel's star-studded, amazing Raiders team. That's and a nice... starts Matt Ryan after he was Frank Reich was told to start Sam Erlinger. <laughs> well, that's a really weird one. We were discussing this on the Friday before the game with uh, George on Sports, George Egator. Uh, who we've had on the podcast before. And he was saying, I don't understand it. Jonathan Taylor was meant to be out for three weeks. Matt Ryan was meant to be out for a couple more weeks. Like, how are they all suddenly fit and ready to go just because Jeff Saturday walks into the building? Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor went off. 
I had him on my bench in fantasy. He went. He had a big, off. big run, big, big run. Yeah. So uh, I think the question, the answer to that question, sorry, is that Jeff Saturday had the the magic sponge with him. Came with the bucket, the magic well, sponge. Maybe he is a guy that people will run through a brick wall for and stuff. Yeah, I do think that the the vitriol that was out in the media saying it's a travesty, it's a disgrace that they hired him. It's like, well, he's interim head coach. He's not going to be there next year, probably. Unless he does really well, then fair enough to him if he does. But why do you have to have all the experience in the world to become a head coach? If you've played well, the as, game, that's a lot said, of experience. You know, it's it's delegation. Yeah, I mean, if you the, or I some other job, really. yeah, you, you, there's a problem. That's an issue. Or it might be the most inspired choice of all time. Who knows? But that's a problem. Whereas I don't you, think you I'm good at motivating. I reckon do it. You reckon you could man motivate? Yeah, I can do that. Come on, Jazz. Give me a give me a halftime speech then. You're down by you're down by ten, and neither side of the ball has really done enough. But you've had a couple of muffs on their special teams that have kind of kept you in field position. It's seventeen seven. You've had a short drive, thanks to good field position, that's got you in the end zone to kick things off, and then you've conceded 17 points in a row, and you're down by 10 at the half. How are you going to motivate these guys? Because at the end of the day, Jazz, this team that's in front of you right now that you guys are playing should be beaten by the the athletic ability and the system that you're working on. Everything fits the piece of the puzzle that you should win this, and and it's not working somehow. It it looks like the players out there they're real apathetic, you know that. Joe, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman at halftime are talking as they're coming off the field. It's like, well, I just see a team that's not really... They just don't look like they're playing out there. You know, I'm just... Guys are giving but, up on the play too early, and this this is going to be a tough second half if this is the way it's going to be for the uh, for the Gillum... What, what's, your, what's your team name? Who you... The Rug Salesman? The Gillum Rug Salesman. Let's <laughs> go rinse it's, it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what you do there? If you've got a team that's not performing as well as they should do against a team they should be beating, you pull out a uh, the card of the um, card. You pull up the card out your sleeve from Sir Alex Ferguson. Now there was a time when United were playing Tottenham and they were losing three nil. Halftime team talk goes like this, lads. We're losing to Tottenham. What's wrong with you? We don't lose to Tottenham. Now get out there. And show we don't lose to Tottenham. They go out and win 5-3. That's the sort of thing you do to a team that's losing in that sort of game. Now, granted, if I actually had two halves of it to look at and see what's really going on, you can really have a much more in-depth speech to try and kind of work with that. But that's how I'd be trying to motivate people from there. Make them realise that they're making big errors and they should not. they're playing down to someone. And let's get going and let's go and beat them. I wouldn't be a rah-rah coach like a Pete Carroll. I'd be more of a measured coach. I can imagine Bill Belichick probably is behind the scenes. Hmm. I wouldn't be shouting and screaming, but when I would say words, I'd like to think they'd at least listen. Of course, they might think, who is this journo? I'm not, Get him I'm out not of motivated by this. Yeah, this is not... Well, you're not part of the team, Ollie. You're not all there. You cut me. No, you're never part of the team. Oh, my goodness. What are you going to do on the team? Huh? No, what are you going to do? You're going to be a towel boy? A towel boy is a spot you can have. I, I'm, okay, I'll just be the in-house journalist. That's fine. No, I don't like that one either. Towelboys, I think. It's the only, only thing you're going to get. That's the only position I can get the whole I'll tell you franchise. what you can do. 
I I'll I'll get Deshaun Watson and you can be his masseuse. I'm good. I'm, I'm <laughs> no actually I will do that. I yeah, will of course do you that. will. <laughs> I'll get that settlement as well. <laughs> yeah, of course you will. Get that money. Um No, I think that's a skill you have to learn a little bit, but I think that it's one of those ones where when you're put into the situation it would either come naturally or not. And I'm not trying to say that I'm better than anything else, but I'd like to think that I could probably do that relatively well, I think. But I've never had a chance to try it out or fight it out. So. I think Jeff Saturday is doing a better job of it than you would be able to. Oh, unquestionably. Okay, cool. That was the kind of point that I'm, we were I'm, getting I'm to. Not, I'm not trying to say that saying, I'm better than people there. I thought you were saying that either of us could do it. No, no, no. I'm just saying that we could do it and it might be an inspired choice. You said, I don't think... You said your words were, I don't think I could man-motivate. And I said, I think I probably could. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's how we got to here. I we never went. said, I'm a better motivator than an NFL coach. Okay. I never said that. And I will never say that. But you think you could do it? I think I, if I given the opportunity, I don't think I'd fail. <laughs> Fair enough. Because if I thought I'd fail, I wouldn't even think about if I wanted the opportunity or not. Because if you're given the opportunity, I'm a more of, what's I going for? Positive mindset, I will succeed rather than I will fail. Or I don't want to fail, I will succeed is what I'll do. Okay. Do you know what I mean? A little bit of psychology for you there. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. I, I, I admire your ability Misplaced to be positive with it. I'll ask the Chargers on Friday. I'll be like, Brandon, do you need a guy to come in and man-manage? i got a guy for you. Man motivate. You can just focus on actually getting a game plan sorted, on on not getting Justin Herbert beaten up all over the place. I've got Jazz Gillum coming in. I'll fly him in today. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be able to. He'll he'll be there to do the speech. I'll on put Sunday. the arm around the. Uh, the thing is, you got to figure out who wants the arm round, who needs the stick. Got to play a little bit of psychology and just got to try and lay little seeds here and there and try and create a little bits of tension among them so they they try and force better play out of each other. That's how you do it. I've been listening to too many um to too many podcasts of like the high end rugby union coaches at the minute and they're all talking about or players talking about how they've been motivated by them. Like Warren Gatland, for example, one day said to Lawrence Delalio, Haskell's been saying you're shit and you're old. And they went to Haskell and said, Delalio's been saying you're useless and shouldn't be here and they both have a massive argument about it. And they realise they've been both put up to it by Gatland. And then they both then increase their performances because they realise they're just trying to get more out of him. That sort of thing, I think, is really clever. And of course, that's what the genius coaches do. What about Mike McDaniels at uh, Miami? Is he a genius coach? He's doing very well. Are they legit? Miami fans are saying know. they're legit. I don't know if they're legit enough. I think it's going to be a very close race in the AFC East between them and the Bills. Yeah. To be honest. I never saw that being where the closeness would be in any division. I thought the Bills would be runaway favourites. Well, mm. it's the run runaway winners, sorry, because they were favourites prior to the season. Don't count out the, the Jets as well. Yeah, they've been feisty. I mean, they are underdogs this weekend against the Patriots, which I think is nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, and very odd. Have I taken them for my bet? Yes, I have. We'll get into that in just a moment. But yeah, uh, the Vikings, uh, sorry, the, the Dolphins are a bit like the Vikings to me. Of like, 
there was some stuff there, but I'm surprised how competitive they're being in terms of their, yeah. their record this season. I do think the addition... I was surprised at how much the addition of Tarek Hills made a difference. I thought that was going to be... But we should have known that from when we saw Diggs step in in Buffalo and it changed the game completely. Like a, a receiver can come in and, and completely Yeah, with a QB that can it. throw it more than 10 yards, yes, but we didn't think oh, Tua could do that, but he's been I'm doing that, doing very well. I'm so... Yeah, he's, he's, his deep ball isn't that great still. It's accurate. He's he's patting the highest himself passer on, rating in the NFL. He's patting himself on the back a little bit too much this season. His passer rating, I think, is 115 so far. That's fine. That's leading the league by, I think, 10 points. But it's not all about this. It's not been all about his deep ball at all. No, I know. But if you have players of the ilk and speed of Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, you don't need to throw it deep. Let them well, take no, but that's what I, but that's what I mean. 10 though. yards keeps... slant. Oh, they've gone. See you later. But he keeps patting himself on the back about his deep ball and being like, oh, I guess I can't throw it deep. It's like, we don't really think you can still, Tua. Like, I think Tua, was just, Tua is just keeping receipts. He's keeping the receipts. Oh, I hate this. Come on to play. Everybody That's keeps it receipts. It's like every single team has a, uh, you know, those slogans, you know, pound the rock and all that kind of stuff that we hear in America's game. Every single team will have those. Yeah. It's just the ones you don't hear about because they didn't have a great season. And if you hear about it, it kind of seems embarrassing. Whereas Tua's being public with this whole like keeping receipts kind of attitude, which is really irritating if you don't go and do something. Like he's, I'm giving his flowers again, like credit where it's due. But it's not Tua that's changing this Miami team. It's Mike McDaniel no. and Tyree Kill that are and doing the running it. and taking and all of just, the 49ers running backs. And Tua is just a, a a useful piece in the middle at the end of the day. Yeah, Bradley Chubb has been helpful on that defensive front. I have to say, it was only his first game, though, wasn't it? Or was it second? I think it was his first. I don't think he played in the one the week before. No, yeah. Um, okay. What have you got this week, Jess? Bet twice. Oh, I'm not ready. I'm doing a Dave. I'm doing you're a Dave not, today. You're not ready. Dave's not here. Oh, I'm congratulations on beating the Saints, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to talk about it too much because... It wasn't pretty. You know, well, it's more a case of if we then win this week, I might start saying about how... You remember when I said that we'd end the... Enter the sorry, end, yeah. go past the bye week and win every other game. Well, yeah. whatever. So this week I have the Bears plus three at the Falcons because you just don't know what the Falcons are going to do anymore. You can easily see the Bears winning that game. The Jets plus three against the Patriots because that was evens. And I, I trust them to be close enough to make that work. Mm-hmm. The Vikings plus one and a half against the Cowboys because the Cowboys really didn't look very good in the second half against the Packers. The Giants to beat the Lions. The Eagles minus three and a half on the Colts because I didn't like the... I think they were on like an eight or nine point spread, so I wanted a different spread on that. And to the Bills minus three and a half against the Browns again because they had an eight point spread and I don't trust them to cover eight points. And that got me 28.45 to one. Okay. It's low for you, Jess. It's been low the last three weeks and, of course, almost won last week. So, you know, just trying to play smart. Just trying to get that win. I'm not playing smart. Um, the trouble is there's so many games that's so hard to call. There's so many coin flips where you just think that at that point, it's just literally pissing money away. Mm. Sorry, what you got? So I have... Uh, I'm not playing smart, as I say. So I have Houston to win at home against the Commanders. 
Mm-hmm. The Lions to win on the road against the Giants. The Bears to win on the road against the Falcons. Uh-huh. Because Justin Fields is... Running he's an insane player. He's not a good quarterback. He's an insane athlete. Yes. Um, the Jets to beat the Patriots. The Rams to beat the Saints. <laughs> Still keep back in the Rams. And the Eagles Is to Stafford beat the Colts. playing this week? I don't know. don't know if he's going to yeah, be back that's, in. That's, that's the big question mark, really, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and the Eagles to beat the Colts. And that gives me 82 to 1. Pretty good, or at least when I put the bet on it, did so. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. No word from so, Dave on his bets. He's probably skipping it because you I know. mean we forgot our bets entirely last week. So yeah, that was that would be really funny if your bet had won and you hadn't mentioned it on the podcast, and then we could have accused you of well, how do we even know that that was your podcast bet, Jazz? Because you put so many bets on anyway. Because oh, I sent you a picture of it, and you could send me a picture of any bet. I wouldn't believe you. Oh, <laughs> okay. Unless, right. unless it's said on the podcast, I do not believe you. You are not an honourable man, sir. That's not very nice. <laughs> I just call him like I That's see him. That's mean. Yeah. I'm still tempted to try and change it and go with the Colts over the Eagles. I could just... No, don't do that. That's just stupid. Yeah, I know. It's, well, it's The Colts really... are not a very good team. Also, I fancy the Browns to do the Bills this week. Oh, Really? 42 inches of snow and gale force winds coming into Buffalo means that ball is going to be on the ground. But it also means that Jake Brisket is not going to be anywhere near comp enough to throw in that. Well, no, that's fine, but neither will Josh Allen. Josh Allen's got the arm to do so. Josh Allen can't take a snap on his half-yard line and he can't (laughs) throw a... He can only throw an interception when the game's on the line. Speaking of... um dangerous things did you see Kirk Cousins had that um, had his right guard step on his foot twice when he was dropping back really yeah two plays he gets the ball from the snap and then just falls backwards because his right guard steps on his left foot his right foot sorry Oof. yeah so neither quarterback. back